Well, in the study of Psalm 127, verses 1 to 2, we've seen that God is in the process of building his kingdom. And he is watching over and protecting the work of his hands. Now, there's something very reassuring about this in our personal lives. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians 1 and verse 6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And writing to the Ephesians, the apostle would say in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of of his glory. God seals those who belong to him with his Holy Spirit, guaranteeing them a place in heaven. He jealously protects all who belong to him. He is building the house and he is watching over the city. And it's in this context that we come to the last part of verse 2, which says this He gives his beloved sleep. Now let's take a moment here in this final message in this series to consider that phrase, he gives his beloved sleep. Now consider this for a moment. Consider the context of this phrase, he gives his beloved sleep. God is building the house. And God is watching over the city. And this is the God to whom every knee will one day bow. This is the God who created heaven and earth. It is the God who sustains us day by day and without whom nothing would exist. This God is putting together the pieces of our lives. He is protecting and watching out for us. If that is the case, then what concern do we really have? He cannot fail. He cannot miss any detail, for no detail escapes him. No foe can overcome what he determines. We can be absolutely secure and confident in him. Our anxieties and the anxieties that we face are not because of him. The insecurities we feel are not because of any lack on his part. Any uncertainties we have have no root in him. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 37, no, in all All these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There are two details I want us to understand or see rather in this phrase, he gives his beloved sleep. And those two details are found in two words. And the first of those two words is the word beloved and the second sleep. Let's take a moment here, first of all, to consider the first of these two words, the word beloved. 
Have you ever wondered what the motivation behind God building into our lives and watching over us is? And the answer is right here in this verse. He gives his beloved. We are the beloved of the Lord. Now, consider the words of God to stubborn and rebellious Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 to 8. This is what this passage says. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number that the, than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all people. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you up with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Deuteronomy 7, 6-8. Israel was nothing special in and of herself. Her specialness came from the fact that she was chosen by God and God chose to love her. He redeemed her in love from her slavery. He led her through the wilderness in love despite her rebellion. He settled her in the promised land. All of this because he loved her. John in his gospel, speaks about this love when he writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How much are you loved? Enough that God sent his Son to die so that you could be pardoned. Have you ever had someone love you to that extent? Consider the words of the Apostle Paul about the love of God in Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. This is what Paul says about this love. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how much more will he give, graciously give all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans eight thirty one and following. Nothing, nothing, according to Paul, will be able to separate us from this love of God in Christ Jesus. 
Have you failed in something? Have you fallen into some sin? Are you feeling betrayed and discouraged? Has life dealt you its harshest blow? Nothing, let me repeat it, nothing can change the love of God for you. His arms still surround you. He knows everything you're facing. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There is no love like the love of God. It is undeserving. It is unchanging. It surrounds us and protects us despite our unworthiness. And Psalm 1 27 verse 2 tells us that we are his beloved. I want you to understand that today. Sometimes we wonder about where he is when we when we feel his discipline. Sometimes we 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 when life deals its harshest blow, we we wonder what he's doing. But in those times, if we will just open our eyes and open our ears, we will hear his presence. He will reveal to us in so many ways that he still there, he will continually encourage and bless us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, showing us his presence, revealing to us that we are his beloved. This brings us to the second word in that phrase. He gives his beloved sleep, the word sleep. Now, when you eat, truly understand this kind of love, what is our response? Well, listen to the words of Solomon's father, David, who was often in trouble by enemies, obligations of various kinds in life, even failing his Lord. But knowing the love of God, this is what David says in Psalm chapter 4, and verse 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David could lie down and sleep in safety and security. And he could do so because the Lord made him dwell in safety. He knew the loving care of the Father in his life. And so he lay down to rest. Exodus 33 is a story of how God's people had rebelled against him. And as a result, God told Moses that his presence would no longer go with the people into the promised land. And so God's promises to send his angel, but his personal presence would not go with them. And Moses complained bitterly to the Lord and pleaded with him not to leave them out on their own. And, and in response, this is what God says in Exodus 33 and verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Notice the connection between the presence of God going with his people and the rest they would experience. And the presence that God, of God gives to his people rest from their anxiety, their worry, their concerns, and, 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 and even their enemies. 
Consider what the Lord Jesus says in in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 when he says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus calls his, his people to come to him and, and to experience the rest that he offers. Notice several details in this, in this passage from uh, Matthew chapter 11, 28 and, and 29. He, we see here that, that Jesus wants us to come to him. Come to me, he says. That's the nature of his love. Come to me. It cannot bear to be separated from us. Second, he sees our pain. All who labor and are heavy laden, I see it. I know it. Come to me. He has compassion on us in that pain and in those needs. I will give you rest, he says. He asks us to be joined with him. Take my yoke upon you. Come and bear the burden. I will bear the burden with you. He asks us, fifthly, to to come to get to know him. Learn of me, he says. I am gentle and lowly of heart, and he promises us rest. You will find rest for your souls. You can't heal help, but as you read this and listen to it, see the deep connection between the love of Christ for us and the rest that he promises all who will heed that call to come to him. Now, the rest that God promises, that the Lord Jesus promises to his beloved, is multifaceted. It has many different faces. It's a rest from the burden of our sin. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The burden and the weight of the penalty of sin that had been weighing us down is no more. We have rest from the burden of sin. It's a rest from the anxieties and concerns of life. Romans 8 and verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those who love God, there is rest in the anxieties and concerns of life because the promise of God is that all things, no matter whether what they are, will work together for good. And, and it's rest in times of overwhelming burdens and impossible situations. For Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17 says this, Ah, oh Lord God! It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And so when we face the uncertainties and the overwhelming burdens and the impossible situations that are around us, we rest in the fact that nothing is too hard for our God who made the heavens and the earth by his great power. Now, 2 Kings chapter 6 recounts the story of Elisha when the Syrians were seeking his life. 
And Elisha was fast asleep when the Syrians arrived where he was was sleeping. And in the morning, his servant got up early and went outside. And and to his absolute horror, he he sees the Syrian army with its horses and chariots all around them. And he went into where Elisha had been sleeping. and, And he calls out to Elisha and he shares the situation with him. And he tells him of this horrible problem that they have and how they're surrounded by these Syrians. Listen now to the response of Elisha to his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 17. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Here, Elisha, as he wakes from his sleep to hear this terrible news of the army surrounding him, has absolutely no concern in his heart. He saw these chariots of fire, the angels of God surrounding him, protecting him. He knew the protection of God in a way his servant could not see, and his heart was at rest because he knew the reality that God was watching out for the city. Listen to the words of Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. For thus is the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you will be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. Do you see what the prophet's saying here? It's in returning to the Lord It's in finding ourselves in him that we can have salvation. And it is in listening to his call and coming to him that we can find rest for our souls. And when the storms of life hit us, what is our strength? It is in the quietness, in our quiet and confident trust in God that we find strength to overcome. And that quietness is a result of a heart that is in confident, that confidently trusts in the Lord in the midst of its pain and struggle. A heart that is able to lie down and rest because God makes us lie in safety. And so we see in this phrase that the Lord who builds the house and watches over the city gives his beloved sleep. That's the sleep of a little child whose confidence is fully in his or her father and mother to care for him or her. It's the sleep of Jesus in the boat in the midst of the storm, absolutely confident in his father. The question that we ask ourselves is this, what are you facing in life right now? What is the anxiety that robs you of of your sleep Can you trust the one who calls you his beloved? Can you put your confidence in the one who watches over the city? Can you hear the words of David? I will lie down and sleep for you alone make me dwell in safety. Can you hear the words of the Lord to Moses? My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
What's your response to the words of Jesus when he says, Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? Can you trust the words of Jeremiah who says, Nothing is too hard for you? Will you take comfort in the words of Paul who reminded the Romans that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord? Will you open your eyes of faith and see the great hosts of angels in those fiery chariots surrounding you and protecting you against the, the demons of hell. May God give us the grace today not only to understand the words that we speak here, but also to experience what Solomon tells us in Psalm 127 and verse 2. He gives his beloved sleep.